The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Turn the microphone on. I was singing. My apologies. Were you actually, did you actually just sing that? Yep. Okay. Turn the microphone. I love you so Normally I'd discourage that, but I'll take it today. Uh, Rob Roach joins us for another weekly edition of The, the Hoot. Hoot. Uh, Rob Roach, of course, the Director, Director of, of Insight. Insight at ATB Financial. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Rob, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Quite quite the weekend. Well, you know what? It's nice to change topics it here, is nice Rob. To change topics. And you want to talk about electric cars. And maybe you can start this conversation with telling us where this conversation was spurred from. Where did you come up from the idea with? Well, we were talking on the Hoot last week about just how important numerically, uh, the oil and gas sector is to Alberta's economy. And I spotted an article by Peter Terzakian, who I think maybe some of your uh, listeners uh, follow in the newspaper, uh, an energy analyst. And he was uh, exploring this idea of, or this seeming disconnect. We hear a lot about how electric car sales are exploding, and they are. Um, but we also uh, keep seeing oil consumption go up year after year, and it's still projected to keep going up. So there's sort of this question of what gives? What's, uh, what's going on with electric vehicles and, and oil consumption globally? So what does give? Well, that's uh, did a little bit of uh, research, and it, it's quite interesting. So electric vehicle sales have, you know, they've gone through the roof, but of course they were starting from zero. So you hear these uh, references to, for example, they recently doubled, I think in it was either 2015 or 2016, global electric car sales uh, doubled. The issue, though, is that the scale of, of the existing fleet of cars on the road, there's about 1.2 billion um, internal combustion engine-powered vehicles on the road. And we're adding 50 million new cars each year and 40 million coming off. So there's about a, a net gain of about 10 million new cars added to the global fleet. Only about 750,000 of those last year were electric vehicles. So even with the huge you know, uptick in the number of electric vehicles being sold, it's going to take a long time, potentially a long time, to make a dent in the, in the global fleet. Now, that doesn't mean things could change um, quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that was my first thought, but I didn't want to state the obvious. If you double the number of people in this studio... It, it doubles a big number, but it would still only bring us to four. So uh, I have to ask, is this, in your mind, first of all, before I ask anything else, in your mind, is this where the automotive industry is going? It's going towards electric? There does seem to be a lot of momentum that sooner or later, um, you know, in our lifetimes, I think, we're going to see um, a real change over in, uh, in the automotive sector, and, and we're going to see a lot more electric vehicles. But that timeline is what's really important to a province like Alberta. As we think about, um, you know, we've, we've been talking, and again, last week we spoke about this uh, long-standing issue of diversifying our economy. And it looks like, um, you know, people will continue to consume enough oil that it's going to be a viable industry for a long time. One of the reasons is there's just more and more people being added to the global population. Up to a billion will be added in less than another 10 years. And those, those new... Um, New people and, and, and the rising middle class around the world, they want to use energy, improve their standard of living. But on the other hand, if electric vehicles, if the technology which is moving quickly, if consumers decide to really make a change, 
we could start to see, you know, millions of electric vehicles come on the road. So it could happen faster, but the, the, the current uh, environment suggests it's going to take quite a while. So Alberta has some breathing room. But it's going to happen eventually is, is the consensus. Well, it's an interesting question because I remember buying my first cell phone. And the only reason I got a cell phone was because my company at the time was prepared to pay for it. It was 1500 bucks or 2000 bucks. I actually remember my dad, in fact, buying his first calculator. It, it only could add, divide, <laughs> multiply, and subtract. And we weren't allowed to touch it as kids because it was too expensive. So those are... You know, nowadays, there isn't even calculators. The calculator's on your darn phone, uh, and everybody has one because of price and availability. So that's certainly got to be one of the factors in terms of uh, how great a market or how, how many cars are going to be produced that are electric. It has to be price, right? Price is huge. And, and Peter Terzakian in his column points out something uh, as well, which is unlike cell phones and, and even uh, calculators, you know, there wasn't sort of an abacus um, industry sort of pushing back against the introduction of, mm. of calculators and, and cell phones were a new thing um, we did have traditional telephones but they were essentially a new product so with cars you know we have uh they estimate that, that the current fleet of cars around the world is worth about 20 trillion dollars and we have huge businesses in the in the oil and gas sector and in the auto manufacturing sector and so um they're moving towards you know the automakers are interested in electric cars they see a market there but there are forces, you know, you may have just bought a new truck or a new car. Um, you don't want to turn that over to become an electric vehicle next year. You might want to keep that car for, for 10 years or so. So that's another element of the timeline. There's a lot of, uh, if the price comes down, that's great, but you might already have a car that you're quite happy with. So. But my well, concern yeah. is doing any traveling, and what if I run out of a, uh, of a charge and I don't have a place to charge it up? But you know what? Because the other places are, because right. the, the backup, what's needed is not put in place. That's the other side of it, though, right, Rob? Because it's not only price, because if I were to tell you, Jay, that you could get that car, that electric car, for less money than you paid for your uh, combustion engine, but then that other concern comes up, oh, wait a second, is am I going to be able to charge mm-hmm. this everywhere how long will the charge last so it's also an acceptance uh, of a mindset change right rob yeah that infrastructure that we're so used to you know there's a gas station um, not quite in every corner but they're very accessible um, when you need your car repaired the repair people know how to fix your engine um, you know where to take the car when it doesn't work anymore there's a used <laughs> car market and all these variables are of course in flux a lot of moving parts with with the electric vehicle um, coming online. And again, the, the, the sense is that those things will eventually be in place. You'll see charging stations, and it's kind of a chicken and egg. You need more people to buy the electric cars, right. and that'll um, lead to more charging yeah. stations. And, and, and you know, the cell phone's that, uh, another great example, I was just right? Say, we can't even handle it when our cell phone right. dies. Because coverage was an issue when you got your cell phone, yeah. that it could only be used in cities. But as the price of the unit went down and as the availability of the service went up, then more people bought in. Absolutely, absolutely. And another sort of kind of bizarre part of this is Norway is a country, it leads the world, it has the most penetration of electric cars um, in any market. Um, and its oil consumption still went up the last, the last two years. So even where um, the pace of, of people buying into electric vehicles and the infrastructure being there, it hasn't had the, the uh, impact on oil that uh, some people are thinking. So um, all those different moving parts do give Alberta some breathing room as we think about the next 10 to 20 years. 
Um, and people aren't going to stop using oil. Even Elon Musk wants to put ra- rockets up in the air for everyone to fly in, and those, I'm pretty sure, aren't going to be electric in the short term. <laughs> well, that and the fact that there's other uses for oil than just uh, gas. I mean, oil explore- exploration is not limited to simply fueling up vehicles either. No, but one, one of the concerns is if you're an oil-producing uh, economy uh, and jurisdiction like Alberta, is there's a lot of oil floating, uh, being produced right now, and so even if electric cars only start to bring down the, the, the amount of oil used by a little bit, that can affect the, the, the global price and start to make some of our operations less viable. So um, in some ways, you know, n- we're not anticipating this huge changeover um, and oil consumption to start to plummet. It might even keep going up, but um, even a little bit of a drop uh, in, a, in a faster way than, than some are anticipating could, could really be quite um, harmful for our economy here in Alberta. You know, it's interesting, Rob, years ago, and this could be an old wives' tale because it dates back to when I was in university. So, uh, you know, we had just invented electricity back then. But um, <laughs> there was an old wives' tale that MIT held a competition every year um, where students would put uh, would be allowed to have one gallon of gasoline and see how far, with an engine they designed, they could make the car go. So they'd run around a track. And the old wives' tale was that the oil companies uh, were the ones who sponsored the contest in order to hide the technology. So they would pay out uh, for the rights to that engine and then not give it to the automotive makers because they wanted more oil consumption. So my, uh, my question to you is, who's behind wanting electric cars in the first place? Uh, certainly not the oil companies. Uh, the automotive makers have, uh, I mean, are they just trying to be environmentally friendly or is there a pressure placed upon them to be environmentally friendly? Well, I think there has been a, um, a sea change in, 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 in the situation. You know, the, there was a movie out um, a few years ago now called Who Killed the Electric Car? And it did show how um, the big three automakers in the United States weren't particularly excited about electric vehicles, and they essentially did kill the technology and especially the infrastructure around what you'd need to make electric vehicles work. What seems to have changed is the technology has gotten a lot better, and that's where if consumers um, you know, keep getting excited about it, because you know, uh, if the cars are cool, if they have some panache to them and, and are cost-effective, that can really move things uh, quite quickly en masse. So the technology is there, consumer interest is higher, and I do think the environmental concern, which is lying behind this, um, I don't think you would see a switch to electric cars without that concern that we need to be active um, around dealing with climate change. So that is sort of the new wild card in the mix, and of course governments and and, and other uh, institutions and groups are pushing that, uh, that message out, and I think people are hearing it. So the electric car... Um, there is a moral sort of a feel-good element about doing something for the environment that wasn't there as much. Yeah, but what happens to all the batteries? What happens to all of that, you know, when the car doesn't work yeah. anymore? You know, well, there's questions are, on the other side, too, environment-wise. Absolutely, and, and China's a good example where if electric cars take off there, they've, they've um, hinted at maybe even banning the internal combustion engine. Hmm. Um, but a lot of the electricity produced in China is from coal-fired plants, so... Mm. You're not necessarily any farther ahead. You might even be further behind um, environmentally. So there's so many moving parts with the electric vehicle um, issue. It's, why it's such an interesting one to be, to be following. Rob, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Thanks so much. Hey, Jayla and I. It's 3.55, Andrew Gross. So uh, would you ever buy an electric car? 
I guess, you know, I don't, of course your mind could change. At this moment in time, um, if it was priced similarly to a regular car, would you? Um, not until, again, all of those things are in place to make sure that if I'm driving across northern Ontario <laughs> and my charge, um, you know, is done or really, really mm-hmm. low, that there's a place for me to to charge up. I've, I've always been fascinated by them, like, you know, the Priuses and stuff like that. Um, a lot of more cab drivers I see are yeah. are, are driving them. So I, I do like them. Um, I just need to make sure that I'm not going to run out of a charge somewhere. And especially, you know, you talk about in Canada, in, in northern Canada, in Edmonton, um, how the cold weather might affect that charge uh, during the winter. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, and, and I'm sure you know the technology. I don't know. Someday advance, we're not going right? to have a choice. Well, sure. But I think about my laptop, and I think about how yeah. it's supposed to have a six-hour battery, but if it gets too hot or too cold, it doesn't have a battery anywhere near that. Or if it's doing too much, the battery drains really quickly. Or, you know, and as I say, the technology will grow. Uh, but if I'm being honest, and I, sh- I, I promised I'd stop saying that because I'm always honest. I'm always trying to be honest. I, I do want... I'm always honest. I'm well, always I'm, trying I'm, to be I try, honest. not everyone's... It's two different things. Well, that was an honest <laughs> clarification know, of the earlier statement. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I want to protect the environment, and yeah, I want our government not to be in debt, and yet there's a lot of things on the big picture that I want, but as an individual, I still have to think about my bottom line. So mm-hmm. would I be prepared tomorrow to spend an extra $20,000 to get an electric car? Absolutely not. It's just not going to yeah. happen. Am, am I and it's willing, a pure cost thing. Yeah, but am I willing to buy a big pickup truck that uh, that blows through gas a lot more than a, another vehicle, right? Well, I mean, there's some people right. that would... Sure, I know there are people that put a lot of thought into these things, but I find that it's it's easier to be uh, more environmentally conscious or just conscious in general, uh, socially conscious in general, uh, when you can afford to be. I, the cars I have driven and owned in my lifetime are all, they all share one common denominator. They were the cheapest one I could get my hands on that met all the criteria I needed for a car. That's, and those are, that I've driven all makes and models, not all, but a lot. They were all the cheapest I could find at the time that did what I needed them to do. You need to get off your wallet. It's 3.57 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Eileen Bell has the latest from Vegas coming up in the 4 o'clock news. On the other side, Morley checks in with sports, and we'll take a look at your market numbers as well. The 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chet.